What up all you beautiful misfits and rejects out there. Thank you for joining me for episode 230 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, you hear from me, your host. You haven't heard from me in a while, and I figured it was about time. And we have a nice round number, episode 230, which I always try to jump in and give you an update about what's going on with me, what I've been doing, where I've been at, and where I see things starting to unfold in the future. Within this episode, there's a lot of content covered, personal content. So just be aware, like some of the stuff you might not connect with, I get it. And um, feel free to always turn it off if you don't want to listen anymore. But uh, yeah, I go pretty deep on a few things. Uh, that's kind of been going on with me. So just be ready. It's a little bit different than a lot of the episodes you might be used to with my updates. But it's uh, me and where I'm at. So just want to give you a heads up about that, as well as that everything that is talked about will be in the show notes to the best of my ability. And if I miss something, by all means, please shoot me an email, chapin at misfitsandrejects.com, and I'll do my best to get you that information. So if I miss something in the show notes and you're desperately trying to read more about whatever I talked about, shoot me an email and I'll try to send you a link to uh, get that information to you. And please, if you're listening and you like what I'm doing, hit subscribe on whatever you're listening to this on and you know, sharing Misfits and Rejects via social media, like just taking a screenshot of you know this episode and sharing it with your network. I'm kind of starting to really like the idea of a value for value exchange. So if Misfits and Rejects is giving you value, do me a solid and, and share it with your network. That really helps me get the message out there to more people. And I think that's a rad exchange. So yeah, you'll hear me talking about that more into the future. I kind of dive into it a little bit in the end. But yeah, value for value, I think, is a really cool way to kind of continue to move forward. And I just want you to know, thank you so much for just even joining me today. If you're a longtime supporter and you've been following me since the beginning, thank you so much. I do really appreciate it. And I, I'm happy that I'm providing you with something that you're getting something from. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome to Misfits and Rejects. Happy to have you. Hope you stick around. I will be continuing to produce episodes when they come my way. As you'll hear me talk about, there will be a few more coming, so you can stay tuned. I try to put them out when I do have them every Monday, 9 a.m. Pacific time. So keep an eye on that because there will be another one next week, and you'll hear from Leon White next week, an uh, individual that I came across, which I'll start explaining more throughout the episode. But I really appreciate you. Thank you for being here today, and I hope you enjoy this episode with me, your host, Chapin Cruder. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners... A lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today you're joined by me, your host, Chapin Cruder. It's been a long time, folks. Actually, eight months since you last heard from me in an update. I appreciate you being here. I really do. It's so nice to know that there's still some listeners out there who enjoy what I do. I really appreciate you all commenting on my Facebook, or sorry, my Instagram post. A lot of you have been out there listening for a long time, and I appreciate you commenting, acknowledging, and just supporting. It really means a lot to me. But yeah, eight months. Wow. So last time I updated you, I was in Mexico. I was in Pescuales, to be exact. I'm having a lot of trouble with uh, finding places to upload episodes and kind of just came to the conclusion that I had already so many in my backlog that maybe those of you who enjoyed it could go back and re-listen or those of you who are new to listening to Misfits and Rejects had a huge index of episodes to go back and listen to. So I took my foot off the gas for a while, as I said in that update, and just kind of did a digital detox and recalibrated my thoughts, feelings, and where I wanted to focus my attention moving forward. Still very much in love with all these beautiful people I meet on the road and some of their stories are just so unique and incredible. And as you heard in the more recent episodes that I've published, you know, from reconnecting with my friend Nubia down in Mexico on a recent trip and her introducing me to Taylor from Organic Lovin'. And then me finding a long lost surfer in a small Pueblo deep in Mexico was exhilarating to be sure. I have had a lot happen over the last eight months. 
in some ways not very profound, in other ways tremendously profound, confusing, and I'm still trying to comprehend and digest and contextualize and um, make into my current life situation. So I guess the best place to start is, you know, kind of going back through the timeline of events. After Mexico, I went back to the States and just tried to find work where I could, um, continuing to live with my sister and my niece and nephew who are wonderful to be around and I love everybody to death. My my whole family's in Southern California and it's always nice to be home with everybody and connecting with them and although I love and feel most at home on the road, being home with the people I love the most also you can imagine feels amazing, even though you know, growing up in Southern California wasn't a place I ever connected to. There are specific people here, you know, the ones who raised me and the close friends that I do still keep. It's always a pleasure to see them and, and be surrounded by them. And in many cases, inspired by a lot of the things that, you know, some friends are accomplishing. And it helps me think about, you know, how I will continue to push on in my endeavors. And, you know, stepping back from publishing once a week has been nice. It's given me a break from, you know, trying to find new people to interview especially since I haven't been on the road encountering those people as organically, uh, trying to find like-minded people or interesting stories while stationary in Southern California is not an easy task and takes a lot of man hours. And then, you know, the production side of things takes a lot of man hours. And, you know, after last week's episode with Francis Nyan, you know, when he brought up that concept of what's your zone of genius? It really got me thinking. I'd heard that term before, but I'd never really given it that much thought. And over the last week since I've published that episode, it's just been kind of playing out through my mind. What is my zone of genius? Where should I focus my attention within what I already do? And just the naturalness for me to converse with people, to have a genuine interest in their life and their life story is something that I always feel in a flow state with. These conversations as I dive into them are effortless for me. I don't ever find myself wondering what I should ask next. It's it's something where I just get in a flow state and this organic, genuine interest in that individual flows out of me and then these stories are created. And for me personally, I'm always intrigued and always inspired and I can go back and listen to any of these episodes and find something in it that I can relate to in my present situation. But going back to the original statement of just taking that break has been nice for me to step away from it and now coming back into it and contrasting you know, what I love so much about this and, and how I can try to optimize this in a way that I just am getting to do the portions that I'm best at and somehow figuring a way to outsource or create something that I can just stay in my zone of genius, if you will. So over the eight months that passed, I, I throughout those months, I had a tentative plan. About a year ago, I got a, an email out of the blue from a past guest, Andrew Henderson, who I have had on the show once, but replayed his episode multiple times and actually replayed it recently um, in the last year. And it was actually from one of his staff who had invited me to a conference he was going to have. And this actually occurred pre-COVID. So when COVID hit, the conference got canceled and the staff member reached back out saying like, hey, when we reschedule, I'll reach back out to you to let you know the dates and, and we'll get you down there. And it was like an invitation to come as media. He had been on my podcast. Um, I'm assuming he enjoyed the experience and having me down there in some way was going to expose him more to a greater audience, namely you guys, and help his brand, yada, yada, yada. There is definitely a specific reason for the invite, which I was fine with because I find him tremendously intriguing. Anything that he's doing, I want to be a part of and learn more about because, again, if you go back and listen to what he does, um, I'll put the show in the show notes. He's just a fascinating, beautiful human being, beautiful misfit and reject, um, living an extremely unique life, um, designing it exactly the way he wants. And when that got canceled, I was bummed. But I noticed that because I follow him on Instagram, that the conference was back on. And so I reached back out to the staff member. And then somebody else responded saying, yes, you're still welcome to come. And 
over the months, having been back in the States and now having this opportunity to go back to Mexico, I felt that I was now moving in a direction that was going to enable me to get back into that lifestyle that I love so much of being on the road. And so in mid-May, I headed to Playa del Carmen for the Nomad Capitalist Live Conference, not really knowing what to expect, knowing a little bit about his background, of course. Andrew Henderson helps seven and eight figure entrepreneurs or people with means optimize their lifestyles by helping them minimize their tax responsibilities and add to their passport portfolio. Now, what does that mean? So Andrew's a big believer in trying to obtain second citizenships in case, for example, the passport that you hold naturally through birth becomes the passport that doesn't allow you to travel or that country, for example, is under threat of civil war or something like that, you can easily go to the second citizenship country where you have a safe haven for not only your person and your family, but even your wealth, for example, where you can have different bank accounts with your money safely there. For example, you can't go to your national banks and pull out your money. So I kind of knew going into it, that was going to be more or less the messaging. But when I finally did get to the conference itself, it was just so much more and so beautifully well done and so professionally executed by Andrew and his staff. Um, Absolutely had an amazing time. Learned a lot about crypto, which still at that time I was not really understanding. And there was a lot of young crypto millionaires there who were trying to figure out a way to keep their money and not pay huge amounts of taxes on their money through you know, optimizing their citizenships in, in countries with lower tax responsibilities. Um, it's a very complex system, and there is not one size that fits all. It's all based around your situation and the lifestyle that you want to lead. And every single day was just multiple hours of different speakers talking about different opportunities and their views on things like crypto and the future of crypto like Roger Ver. Somebody I'd love to get on the show one day because such an interesting individual. And, you know, Andrew gave up his citizenship many years ago, U.S. citizenship. And Roger Ver gave up his U.S. citizenship many years ago. And just to hear their perspective on why they did it and now the freedom that they feel that they have by having multiple passports from multiple different countries who have different tax laws and have different investing opportunities through real estate and different vehicles. It was just really fascinating. I met a lot of really cool, interesting people who who were all there just taking responsibility for their life situation and trying to lay the path for a future that they felt was going to optimize what they wanted out of life. And the trip turned into a long one. After the conference, I decided to stay for as long as I could on what little money I had. And I turned that trip into two and a half months, almost three months of crisscrossing Mexico to various places for primarily surf and reconnection with, again, my love of surfing and staying fit and getting back into the the flow of just being, being on the road and, and doing the things I love and encountering all those unique individuals around the world. And then as um, the trip started winding down, there was a location that I had heard a lot of things about, a lot of mixed reviews, a lot of rumors of amazing waves, just countless, countless amazing waves in a, in a compact area in Mexico, as well as though a culture, a, a culture of surfing that had been sort of monopolized in a way that in order for me to surf, I had to pay. And that meant paying, you know, five day, five dollars a day to go surf, which for me being on the West Coast was something I wasn't used to. You know, some East Coast people are used to having to pay to go utilize the beach. I wasn't used to that. And so going into that, it was there's a bit of apprehension on my part because I just felt like this is not how I wanted to spend my money. I'd love to, like, check it out. But the system itself seemed not ideal especially with the amount of people who are already surfing at these spots. It's not like you're paying to get away from the people. You're just paying to access the beach and have access to whatever ways you can catch on these these beautiful beaches. Um, so the whole thing, as I 
was going into it, I was a little bit hesitant, but I knew it was a place I needed to experience and feel out for myself in order to, I guess, yeah, just say, check it off the list, if you will. So I, I know I've been there. I know I gave it a shot. Um, whether I liked it or not, we were going to see, and I went for it. And it was extremely difficult for me, mentally speaking, in the sense that surf culture is a culture in which there is a finite resource of waves, and we're all striving to maximize as many waves as we can, so it's highly competitive. And as we grow older and we either surf less or our bodies physically can't perform in the way that they used to and the many other various reasons why surfing becomes more difficult and you might or I might become less competitive or have less of a desire to compete, I found myself in a highly competitive environment with individuals who are great surfers and feeling like I couldn't compete in the way I wanted to. And as anybody listening might imagine, that was tremendously painful for my ego. And I was well aware of this. So I took it upon myself to go deeper into that and try to depower my ego and depower what Eckhart Tolle, if you've ever read The Power of Now or A New Earth, calls the pain body. Now this is both are theoretical, obviously. The ego is a theoretical perspective of something that we all have in our psychological makeup that drives us to do self-interested things. And the pain body, let's just say, is like past residual sort of learned pain, suffering from our society, our upbringing, events that occurred when we were younger, that just kind of is a residue within us that kind of can perpetuate itself through seeking out unconsciously more pain, whether it's in a partner that's abusive or whether it's through self-abuse of some kind. And it just kind of lives there. And it's very difficult to identify and also depower. So that's kind of where I, I was operating from after the many years of reading and rereading Eckhart Tolle's philosophy and having been a psychology major. Um, I am very interested in, in why my mind works the way it does, why I have certain mental structures that create these mental loops that I can't seem to break out of that creates then psychological suffering, if you will, where it's like I can't get out of negative thought loops. Um, so what did I do? Well, I knew that if I was going to stay there for the amount of time that I wanted to, I had to do something about this. And what I did was I would wake up then every morning and I would do yoga and then I would meditate and then I would do my little brain exercises. I don't know if you recall from the last update, you know, when I was diagnosed with uh, mild dyslexia as well as the audio processing disorder. Well, I started taking steps trying to help myself and, and develop the parts of my brain that are weak. And so I've signed up for this program where I'd have to do mental exercises 30 minutes every single day, five days a week. So that was part of my morning routine. And then I would finish my morning routine with Wim Hof breathing for all of you out there who know Wim Hof breathing techniques, really interesting stuff. Um, he's taken old breathing techniques from like ancient Eastern cultures, like these uh, Buddhist monks in the Himalayas and kind of turned it into his own technique that a lot of people, it's very trendy. A lot of people are doing it and seeing some very interesting results. So I've been doing it now for quite a few years on and off. And I decided, well, this morning routine sounded healthy um, and a good way for me to kind of depower that ego, depower that pain body and hopefully enjoy myself while I was there because I wasn't actually the surfing that I was getting to do wasn't that enjoyable when I should have been enjoying it a lot more. What I found, ha what I found happening was again, these old structures in my mind would run these mental loops, these mental dialogues about things that either one hadn't even happened yet or things that had happened way in the past or things that could potentially happen in the moment that I would sit there and just play out over and over and over and over again. And I was driving myself crazy and sure there was bad behavior out in the water. There's a lot of us. And um, again, it's surf culture is 
I would say a pretty selfish culture in the sense that it's every man for himself. Um, no one's really welcoming you with open arms out in any lineup that you find yourself in within the world. And you're just kind of on your own trying to figure out the, the norms and mores of that spot. There are, you know, kind of unwritten international rules of, you know, how you should behave in the water. But um, everything can go out the window really quick with, you know, certain groups of people out in the water. And localism, obviously, is rampant everywhere. So, again, I was very triggered trying to depower this. And what happened? Well, I was three weeks into my stay there. And getting ready to head back to the States. And one morning I woke up and started my routine. Now, mind you, like, I wasn't intending anything specific to happen except for to depower these processes that kind of just were on autopilot. I wanted to kind of get more in control of my mind. I really wanted to just not mentally suffer as much and have these, like, crazy kind of wild emotions running through me at all times for no reason. Like there was no reason for me to feel angry at somebody that I was sitting next to when they hadn't done anything, but I was creating these crazy stories about them and their behavior that wasn't even true when I was acknowledging this and really working hard, trying to like figure out a way out of it. And the like day before I left to go to a bigger city to get my, um, to get my COVID test, to fly home back to America during my morning meditation, I don't know, I, I would say I was like 10 minutes into it because I was usually meditating about 15 minutes every morning, I started feeling a, an energy shift, we'll say, an energy shift within my body. I felt energy shifting through my body, like starting, say, in my the central area of my body and start moving out of my body through the left-hand side of me. I know this sounds kind of weird and wacky for those people who don't practice these types of things, but within certain spiritual communities, this isn't so odd. I had never experienced anything like this before. I wasn't expecting to ever experience anything like this. I was not seeking this, but this started to happen, and it was obvious that something was happening, something that I had never really felt in this way before. And simultaneously, having very pleasant thoughts about my mother who had passed away and we had a great relationship. It was not estranged in any way. And I, she passed in 2014 and I felt, you know, that her presence was there as this shift was happening. And then there was thoughts about other people in my life that I was still holding quite a bit of resentment towards. And I was feeling, you know, more forgiveness towards them during this moment of energy shifting. And then as I felt the energy had kind of left my body, I could feel this like space within my, you know, chest and abdomen area that was nice. It was this old energy was not there anymore, let's say. And I felt that this was significant. So as I started to come out of my meditation, I started having a mild headache in my like left temple and I started feeling really exhausted. And again, these, this sequence of events where is isn't indicating me that this was something more than just my normal daily meditation. And I was feeling, and what I was feeling was something I hadn't gone through before. So I decided to get up and go lay down and, and take a nap. And I quickly fell asleep and went into two significant dreams that I recall, one being uh, leaving a hostel and bumping into an old friend from junior high school, somebody I haven't seen or spoken to since junior high, high school. And he, within the dream, was taking a friend of mine in his vehicle to the next location. And I didn't know this. I knew my friend was jumping in somebody's car, but I didn't know who he was jumping in the car with. And so when I found out who it was, I said, Jason, this is incredible. I can't believe we're in the same place. We are definitely in somewhere in Latin America. I almost want to say Peru, even though I've never been to Peru. And I just said, you know, for me, these encounters are so special because this lets me know that I'm on the right path in life. When I encounter people that I'm fond of, that I had a good relationship with in my past, 
when I bump into these types of people around the world, I know I'm on the right path. And if you're a longtime listener, I talk about this often. Like when I travel, I always bump into people I know. It happens to me all the time, the most random places, the most random ways. And it just for me is my signpost that like I meant to be in that location at that specific time to encounter that person. And that's what I've interpreted over the years as the signpost saying, yes, Chapin, keep moving forward. You're on the correct path in life. And then in my next dream, I encountered a good friend and another great friend. Uh, this is somebody who's in my life daily and just let him know like, hey, I think something massive just happened to me. I don't know what it is yet, but it's pretty significant, and I'll let you know as things unfold. So I came back out of the dream and slept for the two hours that I slept and woke up feeling drained, just absolutely zapped, as if I might be getting sick. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I have to take a COVID test. What if this is COVID? You know, my mind's going in a million different directions because I wasn't expecting anything to happen and I didn't know what this was. So I'm thinking the obvious logical things that one might think and 24 hours goes by and like the symptoms never progress. I just feel tremendously tired and drained. I don't ever get a sore throat or nasally or anything. No cough, just feel drained. I didn't really leave my room, just kind of drank tons of water ate very little and just started documenting the events over that those 24 hours in some um, on my voice memo on my phone, just really trying to remember these moments and how they were kind of unfolding. And, and I'm think I'm doing a decent job of giving you the play by play. But then I started wondering, well, you know, what could this be? There's got to be some information out there. So I started typing in the very symptoms that I was having. And one thing that reoccurringly came up throughout the various articles that popped up based on the symptoms of, you know, feeling like during meditation, there was an energetic shift, uh, feeling like I had flu-like symptoms, mild headache. There was something called a Kundalini awakening. Now, for many of you out there, I can get it if you're thinking like, this is bullshit <laughs> and I'm not implying in any way that this is what happened to me, but based again on my symptoms that I was researching on Google, this is actually coming up a lot. And so I just read a few articles on it and it sounded like I could relate to it. And I just was fingers crossed. I didn't have COVID was really what I was thinking. And this was not just some byproduct of having COVID. And so I, I, after 24 hours, I went to this big city, got tested for COVID, you know, 12 hours went by, I got my results. It wasn't COVID. And then I spent the next few days in this city, just kind of doing last minute, like shopping and preparing for my trip home, but still having this really drained feeling as well as this feeling of just this feeling of desirelessness like there's no desire to do anything in me there's no motivation there's like this nothingness like i i could leave or take anything that came in my path and i just sat there all day it wasn't depression it wasn't sadness it was just like i was almost void of all feeling i just would sit for hours not really thinking or feeling anything and wondering if this was a byproduct of something significant not knowing still just like knowing that there had been people out there who have had religious experiences if you will that kind of was matching my symptoms but it was still so bizarre and if i made it home shared it with my my sister who funny enough when i was trying to learn more about what was happening one of the things that the internet was saying in some of these articles was like you might have felt this because someone died in your family. And I was like, oh, shit. So I instantly, that day that this happened, I, I reached out to everyone in my family to make sure they were okay. And when I got home, my sister commented on the fact that when I reached out, she was having, she was at a retreat. Uh, a, she was at a yoga retreat. And that same day, she had a pretty powerful experience as well. And just, we were marveling at the timing of it. But everyone was fine in my family. Um, there's no weird moon or weird global event that happened that day. 
So again, I just chalked it up to like, I still didn't know what it was. But as time crept by being home, I found myself just getting a little bit darker and a little bit more bitter, if you will. And I just felt like after reading so many times, Eckhart Tolle talk about the experience he had when he kind of had this moment of his ego kind of being shattered, the death of his ego, and where he sat on a bench, he claims, for two years as sitting in a state of bliss. And I'm feeling like, okay, I definitely had some, like, energetic movement happen, but, like, I don't feel that way at all. Like, what's going on? This is bullshit. Kind of being bummed on it. Because I still had this emptiness in me, this nothingness, this, like, take it or leave it kind of attitude, like detached from everything, not really knowing the direction I should be moving in life or um, fe- and feeling bad about that. You know, I'm, I'm hanging out with my niece and nephew who I love to death and really wanting to be more energetic and passionate and fun for them and just not and not able to figure out why. And, you know, I, I've had my therapist, as I've talked about for many years and she was commenting that, you know, these, the ego is, and this, she was commenting that, you know, the ego and and certain mental structures are there to keep us safe. And she was using all the learning that she had from her psychological experience to help me when, uh, cause she knew me when I was young and 14 years old and and I was kind of depressed. So it dawned on me one day, and this is multiple weeks after being home and multiple weeks after having had this moment, I thought that maybe there'd be somebody on YouTube that would, could share their experience that would, I could relate to. And I Googled around and found a few videos that didn't really sound like me or anything that I was going through. A lot of the individuals I was finding were like people who were talking about how that they're being bipolar, um, really enabled them to tap into some pretty miraculous places. And that was not something I was connecting with. And then I came across a gentleman by the name of Leon White. And you're going to hear from Leon, actually, in next week's episode. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited to bring him on. And his story was so easy for me to connect with. I could relate to some of the experiences he had when he, for no reason one day, just had this tremendous shift. And then what followed was similar and if not exactly what was kind of following for me. And he talked about something called the dark night of the soul. Now, again, if I'm losing you guys, I totally get it. Feel free to, you can turn on, turn this off, but I'm just feeling like this is really what happened to me over, you know, since the last update. So I might as well share it as transparently as possible, just because this is where I find myself today. And it segues into what what I'm feeling about, you know, misfits and rejects and just life in general. But through Leon's description of what he felt had happened to him years prior and where he was at today, this thing called the dark and the soul came up, which I'd never heard of before. And I started going down that robot hole, trying to understand what that meant. And for those of you who are religious, you might've heard of this already before I hadn't, but it's basically like an ecstasy. It's like an existential crisis or it's like a spiritual depression and it can be applied in a few different ways. And the ways in which I related to it mostly were obviously through the events that occurred for me. It sounded like because I wasn't seeking this out, it can really jar somebody's system who's unprepared for this type of thing. And it can really send you to a place that's dark and you feel lost which I did and not connected to anybody. And there's kind of hitting all those points that I really was feeling. And Leon was talking about how this lasted for quite some time for him. And I haven't spoken to him yet as I'm recording this. So we'll get into more detail about his experience when I do record with him. But that struck me like I've been feeling like this for weeks now. And he talked about having felt like this for months after his experience. So that kind of gave me a little bit of relief and context. Like, okay, like, Maybe I'm not like clinically depressed. Maybe this is just the aftermath of something, again, significant, significant for me, something that I wasn't expecting. I wasn't trying to have happen. I'm not trying to reach enlightenment. Like, you know, some people are really 
passionate about trying to elevate their spirituality and their mental state to enlightened state. And I was just trying to depower my ego and my pain body and this, these mental loops of negativity that were causing me so much suffering. And then I found another girl and she, again, they had the exact same stories and one could say, okay, well, they're just repeating the stories that they've heard before from the people that, you know, they've follow on YouTube or they're seeking something might all be true. Again, I don't know. I'm just trying to recap where I've been, what I've been doing and where I find myself today. And so where is that? Well, to be honest, like it hasn't changed much. I, I feel I'd say more connected. I feel like things are coming back, but what really has made that change for me is just getting back into that routine. Something Leon said, or I forget who said it, but it was having such a experience and not expecting it and kind of leaving you feeling melancholy, depressed, confused, jarred. Like the only real answer is to try to go deeper into it. And so I figured, well, well, what caused it was my daily routine. So I'll just start doing that again. And so over the last month, I've been doing that. And that's really been helping. You know, I'm not waking up at three in the morning every day with just super dark thoughts about how I haven't achieved the goals I've set for myself and how there's no hope of me accomplishing those goals. Like, I'm aware of these mental loops and I, and I lay there trying to calm them down and have my breathing techniques. And I have had occurrences in, in the past with um, having these reoccur in specific moments under certain, cer certain circumstances, specifically to share one with you, you know, as my time in Nicaragua was winding down, say around 2013, after a big chunk of time, chunk of time I had spent there, I found myself broke and I found myself not being able to get home and knowing that like my mother was sick and I couldn't afford to get home and I was just spinning my wheels on ways to make money and just throwing myself at things that I thought could help me make money and at the same time fulfill me and you know that's when I started my bakery and I would just wake up at three in the morning and go for these long runs because I was so stressed out and having this again these obsessive thoughts about failure and like you're not going to do it like would start to creep in and um is maddening i mean having these things in your head and can just drive you crazy so from the moment that this shift happened and in that moment the experience was pleasant to the aftermath to where i found myself say two weeks ago it just got progressively worse and worse and worse and worse and just to where i was like I don't know what to do next. And it wasn't until a few weeks ago when I started my morning routine that I'd wake up and I wouldn't have that repetition anymore with the negative thoughts. And I would lay there kind of in a pleasant little state and be able to go back to sleep. And I've been starting to really just try to stick with it five days a week, waking up, doing my yoga, my meditation, my Wim Hof, and seeing a big difference in my state of mind, my optimism, uh, my desire to keep moving forward with the things that I'm really in love with, like Misfits and Rejects. Talking to Francis the other day was awesome. If you haven't listened to his episode, check him out, episode 229. You know, hearing terms like finding your zone of genius, you know, really knowing that that thing is right under our noses that we can do to find fulfillment within our lives that potentially takes us in down a really cool career path. Those types of little tidbits have really been inspiring me and exciting me as well as having some old speakers come on my radar, like the gentleman, Roger Ver, who I just talked about earlier in the conference from the conference. He came on my radar again and you know, he's a crypto guy and I still didn't have really much idea what crypto was and why people were so enthusiastic about it. And within the last, again, couple of weeks, I decided to take the plunge and try to learn more about it and found this guy, Andreas Antonopoulos on YouTube, who seems to be an, an educator about crypto and does a really good job of using terminology that laymen like myself can understand. And, and that sent me down another rabbit hole of really being enthusiastic about learning something new. And kind of getting that feeling that I get from surfing where it's like I'm excited about something to to learn something and, and possibly benefit from it mentally or spiritually or financially. 
that's exciting to me. And I'm starting to see changes. And it's without a doubt changing because I'm working at it. And if I were just sitting here contemplating like why I felt this way, I don't think it would get much better. But by me circling back to what initiated this in the first place of me really going deep into these mental loops and these structures that have been there for so long and these emotions that are just rotting inside of me and, and I have no use for anymore, but these thoughts are keeping them alive. Well, that routine helped to release a huge chunk of that energy. And then the aftermath obviously has been in some ways feel at times felt devastating, but going back into that mental routine has been very healing and very beautiful. And I'm, I look forward now to my meditation. I'm up to like 18 minutes, which is it's pretty long for me. Um, my yoga feels great just to stretch my body. And the Wim Hof seems to have probably played a significant role as I've started to learn more about these, this thing people describe as a Kundalini awakening. And by the way, I don't consider myself woke or I don't feel like this, oh, this is an awakening, if you will, because there's, there's nothing that this experience has showed me. I don't feel like I have more empathy towards anyone or anything. I don't feel like I need to be a vegetarian for animal rights. I, I just like, I just don't know. Like I just find myself feeling lost most days, just kind of like chasing my tail, trying to figure out like why certain goals I've set for myself over the years haven't worked out. And do, do I have the capability to achieve them? And like, yeah, just stuff I guess most people feel. So nothing I would say has changed. There's, I don't sit on, a, I haven't been sitting on a bench in a state of bliss by any means, by any stretch of the word. Um, so yeah, just to clarify, like when I use the term Kundalini, Kundalini awakening, I don't feel woke. I don't feel awake. And a friend of mine who I confided this with, you know, it's like maybe just start using the term religious experience, which that's fine too. Like I'll use any terminology, but I do know some terminology triggers things in certain people who might say, well, that's not a Kundalini awakening or that's not a religious experience because you don't necessarily be believe in God or whatever it may be. So I'm just, again, trying to paint a picture of where I've been at, where my head's at. And I'm really looking forward to talking with Leon White about his experience and kind of where he finds himself today. He has a YouTube channel if you want to check him out prior to our conversation called Curious World of I. Um, he's a traveler, very spiritual dude, young man, um, who obviously seems to um, be very enthusiastic about working on himself and, and trying to discover more about what he's capable of, what we're all capable of by just doing the work, going deeper and, and looking internally for answers. So super excited for that. And then, yeah, just to summarize this whole update, I'm back in Southern California. I, this last eight months, I've been to Mexico twice. Um, that first update you got, and then I spent, I got back almost two months ago. I spent about two and a half months um, really just soaking up Mexico. And, oh, that country is just so magical. The people are so cool, so kind. Um, it's just so sad how the media sensationalizes, obsesses over like the, the darkness of very specific areas and very specific circumstances um, in locations all over the world, obviously, but because we're so close to the border, we, we see a lot of the negative stuff that's going on down there. And we think that the whole country is dangerous and the people are um, aggressive and looking to harm us. And, it's just not true. It couldn't be further from the truth. You know, I was in states like Michoacan where I never once felt in danger. Um, and I know there's a lot of cartel in that state in Mexico. And in fact, in, you know, some of the Pueblos that I was passing through, you, you knew who they were. And they're not looking to harm me. They obviously are. They're doing their thing. Obviously, I could get unlucky and find myself in an unlucky situation when they might be having a feud of some kind with rival cartels. But I, but I think that you walk down certain streets in Los Angeles and you could be caught in the crossfire between different rival gangs as well. And so I, I do take a lot of criticism for those statements from 
family and friends who think that it's irresponsible for me to travel to Mexico. And I try to reassure them that if they went, they would change their mind because most of the people that are explaining to me how dangerous the place I just was is haven't been there. And I always marvel at that, but, you know, always try to be open and respectful to their thoughts and opinions and share mine to the best of my ability, but usually find that most people don't have any interest in hearing it. And that's okay. I mean, I've been doing this long enough to know that I'm going to continue to go to the places I love and, and correspond with the people that I think are beautiful and friendly and doing incredible things. And if they don't want to share, that's okay. Um, that's also why I kind of produce this podcast to kind of give a glimpse to everybody out there who might have certain stereotypes about the world and the people who are in this world um, and show them that, you know, it's not the case. It's not always true. Of course, unfortunately, there are people out there who do want to do harm and there are people who get unlucky and that sucks. And we have a system set up within the media where if it bleeds, it leads and they're trying to make money too. And the only thing that's going to help them sell more viewership is by putting the, the nastiest, gnarliest thing on every single news channel on repeat all day, every day until the next nasty, ugly thing happens. And it just gives such a skewed perspective of places and people around the world. And it's unfair, but I get it. That's the way it is. So I hope Misfits and Rejects is at least doing a decent job of showing you through my travels and the people I bring on that this world is beautiful and, and safe. There's a lot of beautiful people out there who, if they feel that you are in an area that is unsafe, they do their best to let you know real quick that you should probably move on and uh, not spend too much time. I've definitely had that happen, you know, where people say like, hey, this isn't the safest place for you. Like, you should probably, you know, jump on the next bus or head on out of town. But I'm okay with that because I genuinely feel that it's more important that I seek these experiences out for myself to draw my own conclusions than just sitting at home and watching Fox or even Al Jazeera or whatever news feed that you find yourself enjoying the most uh, because there's a lot of different sides to these stories and it's important I think that we all do our best to try to walk in other people's shoes and understand the life situations of the rest of the world as best we can but with my last conversation with Francis it really helped me see that I like the conversational aspect of Misfits and Rejects that's my zone of genius I'm going to try to really do that more often I'm still going to just publish episodes when they come to me. It seems like we might have a nice stream of episodes coming up here pretty soon, like uh, Leon White's coming on next Monday. Um, there's a few in the works, possible in the uh, weeks after that. So stay tuned. I'll try to give you little updates. But like I do in every other episode, you know, today's wrap-up is going back to what Francis said, like trying to find that zone of genius within yourself. Um, being open to new experiences, even though you might not be wanting to have them. Uh, I still find myself struggling with this spiritual experience, which from all my reading should have been blissful and, and beautiful and wonderful and sent me down a path towards enlightenment. Uh, I'm not trying to achieve enlightenment, by the way. I just uh, thought that when I was having that experience, I was like, oh shit, like, oh shit, is this, this could be it, like, this could be, oh, and then it's like, oh no, this feels so much different than I thought. And maybe it was that expectation. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe the expectation of what a spiritual experience was supposed to be like is what sent me down this dark path. You know, I don't know. I think it was also a combination of a lot of other things, you know, feeling like the time put into my surf progression techniques and and then finding out misfits and rejects, you know, didn't have the listenership, you know, just all little like kind of punches in the gut. And then, um, having a friend actually, which I wasn't sure I was going to bring up in this, but I, I will do it briefly and respectfully. Um, having a friend, you know, take his own life back in April really sent me, sent me to a place of helplessness, you know, going, through university and studying psychology, I once had a university professor explain to us that you you can never save somebody who is going to commit suicide. If they've made up their mind that they're going to do it, then 
they're going to do it. And there's nothing you can do that will save them. And that stuck with me for a long time. And I was very close to this individual and had gotten very close to him over the last few years. And you sit there and it haunts you daily, wondering if you could have done something, even though deep down, I think I knew I couldn't. It's something that uh, I still process and feel uh, feel bad about, but it's uh, something that happened, and as you can hear my voice, it just... It's hard. And um, one thing I'll say that plays out over and over, and it's, it's, um, I think it's something that you can think about in a few ways. And that's how I keep playing it over and over in my head, where, you know, you might wake up every single day. And think about the person you want to become with tremendous amounts of hope and optimism. And maybe it's a, it's like an obsessive thought. Maybe it's something that you just wake up and you're like, I'm going to achieve this. And I'm going to do it no matter what. And you're driven. And that thought doesn't leave, doesn't leave you ever. You just wake up every day and you have that self-drive. And there's countless people that you probably know in your life that have that. Like John, John Eames, episode 27. That guy wakes up every single day happy with a smile on his face, no matter what. And I've been through the toughest times in his life with him. And some, and he still wakes up with a smile on his face. And that's a combination of how he's wired and I know he puts his best foot forward in hard times, but he definitely makes it seem effortless. And I've known him since we were two years old. And I know that it's also his makeup. Like he just wakes up feeling good. And then I know that there's people who wake up every day with thoughts that are negative. And there's people who also wake up with thoughts of not wanting to be here anymore. And now imagine having that every single day. And this is where it got really interesting when I started playing these thought experiments out with myself. Well, what if I wake up every single day and I just try to put my best foot forward in a positive way, even though maybe I don't feel very positive, but say I start like the five minute journal, which I have been doing, by the way, I highly recommend it. And I write down things that I like about myself, the goals that I have for the future, and I start priming that mental loop of positivity and hope and success. Because in this example of my friend taking his own life, he talked openly about it in that he wakes up every day thinking about taking his own life. And it's not something he wanted to do. Like he didn't want to wake up every day. And I knew that he was working hard at trying to break those mental loops and he was doing the work for sure. But when you apply that to setting goals and achieving it, it's it's an example of you can achieve anything you put your mind to. And unfortunately he was able to achieve, not that he had set it as a goal, but he was able to achieve that mental loop that was playing out daily for him. And I just think about that, and I'm sorry if this offends anybody listening. This is something that I still struggle with, and I think about every day just in that, like, if he thought about, you know, harming himself every single day, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, because a lot of this stuff plays out unconsciously, then he achieved his goal. And and for all of those people out there who are waking up every day and thinking about positive things and thinking about how successful they could become... I would argue that they achieve it or they can't achieve it. They do achieve it. And think about those people in your life that you know who are like that, who are doing that. And then compare and contrast your own life. And I do that with myself. Okay, if I'm waking up every day 
with just negative thoughts about, you know, like the situation I was in, in in Mexico where I'm just like, man, this surf culture thing, like these surfers are assholes. And I know I'm a surfer, so I can, I clean myself in this. Like it just, so they're, everyone's so selfish and you know, like there's this group of guys out there every day and they're always paddling around me. They're just being so disrespectful to everybody out there. And if I, and I was waking up every single day and having those thoughts and I hadn't even gotten out of bed yet, but that's how I was starting my day. Imagine how that's priming me for the day to go out and I'm starting my surf session with this negative thought process and I'm hypersensitive to anyone around me who is not being respectful of me or anybody else. And the second somebody isn't respectful, it sends me down a deep, dark, negative loop of like, you know, fuck that guy. That guy is so selfish. And that's what played out for me in Mexico and might play out for you. And if we start really working hard to wake up and, and change those thoughts. And again, a lot of them are unconscious a lot for a lot of people out there who get up, get up from sleep, jump in the shower, take a nice hot shower and just kind of let their mind drift. Like be, be aware of, of where your head's going and imagine that if you think it every day for weeks, months, years, the odds of those thoughts materializing into a reality are high. Now, is it the exact reality that you have playing out every single day? Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be a multi-billionaire and I'm going to have this and that and this, like those aren't bad thoughts to have if they're keeping you motivated and excited as you strive within your job, as you try to level up and get promoted or as you strive to create something entrepreneurially that is going to help you achieve those thoughts of becoming a multimillionaire, billionaire, whatever, that thought process, those loops can be very helpful in getting what you want. And so I've always been so interested in psychology and understanding like why I am the way I am, why I'm at where I'm at in life. And ultimately, I always come to the conclusion I'm exactly where I am because of everything that I've done. So if I'm not happy with what with where I'm at, like say financially, well, all the steps up until now have put me here, you know? So what can I do now to get myself closer to where I want to go? Or if I'm spiritually or mentally not happy with where I'm at, well, what steps can I take to start putting myself closer to where I want to go? And it is hard. It is hard work. It's a daily grind for sure. But the example of my friend, I think, shows that like, if you think it, you can't achieve it. And that can be positive or negative. And depending on how often you're thinking it can speed up that process. So be very aware of what you're obsessively thinking about and how you're thinking about it. And if you're unaware of it, try to bring it into your awareness as much as possible because that will help depower it, especially the emotional side to it. And um, I hope I haven't offended anybody listening or confused anybody. Again, this is just where I find myself and what I felt was important to share with you all as I continue with Misfits and Rejects. I just always want to be real, transparent, and at times vulnerable if needed, you know, and that's today's episode. So I look forward to the next episodes that are being produced. I suggest trying to look inside and find that zone of genius within yourself, uh, identifying, you know, those thought patterns, those mental structures that are there just keeping those thought patterns in place? What triggers them? Maybe they're great. If they're great, identify it. Let them flow. If they're not great, identify them and, and start thinking how um, we can change it through you know morning journaling or mantraing or something like that. And I'm going to keep grinding up here in Cali. I'm planning on going back to Mexico for another conference coming up here in October. Uh, my Dynamite Circles meeting, which I'm very excited to see all my friends from the last Thailand meeting. Um, and I know I'm going to get super inspired by them and what they're doing. And I know that just for me, that's the life I love. I love land- I love going to the airport. How about that? I love going to the airport. I love getting a drink at the airport bar. I love just watching the people. I like getting on the plane. I like landing. I like getting the taxi. I like getting to the spot, walking around, seeing people eat new food. I just like that. Keeps me 
excited about life. It keeps me present just because it's mostly unfamiliar territory. And when I'm present, then I find myself usually in a flow state. And when I'm in a flow state, I know I'm in a nice flow with life. And that's uh, a beautiful thing for me. So this was a long episode, guys, a long update. So stay tuned for next week's episode with Leon White. We'll talk more in depth about his Kundalini awakening, what that means to him, and just try to keep the positivity levels high within Misfits and Rejects and your spirits up. And appreciate you all for being here today with me. And I look forward to seeing you in next week's episode. Do me a solid. Hit that subscribe button with whatever you're listening to this on. And if you're getting value out of this, share with a friend. I'm really liking this idea of a value-for-value model. If Misfits and Rejects is providing some type of value within your life, you know, do me a solid. Share it with a friend um, who, they, who they might find it valuable as well. Or if you are somebody who's good at social media marketing or something like that, you want to you wanna help me out on social media, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, value for value sounds like a really cool model to start start pushing a little bit more. So I love you all. I think you all are so very beautiful. Much love. See you next week. Take care. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspire you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out and spread your wings and try something new to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.